AltaCast here on Mutiny Radio. It's high noon on a Wednesday afternoon. Beautiful day again. Another just like uh, amazing, beautiful day in San Francisco. <laughs> Still walking here. Not taking the bus. Corona times. Uh, but, oh. Enjoy the little things, right? Walking around, feeling good. Feeling great, actually. A little article came out in the SF Gate today about Mutiny Radio and about the outdoor comedy we've been doing on Friday, 7 o'clock. Don't gather, <laughs> but we do it just for the neighbors. And they socially distance and we tell jokes. We need to do it. Yay. Yay, we're all in the newspaper and they mention all of our names. Yay. So, exciting stuff here at Mutiny Radio. Hey, you wanna give me some money? <laughs> Venmo, Mutiny Radio. Or go on the page of our website and hit the donate button and help keep essential free speech alive here from San Francisco. Going to be doing a Zoom poetry reading again from Glasgow, Scotland, organized by Andy Talbot and Aaron Gannon. Thanks so much to them for keeping my poetic spirit alive. It's, a, it's really wonderful to be able to get back into the world of poetry through this COVID thing. And I, I didn't, I don't know. I love poems. I love writing poems. Writing a bunch of love poems. I, I just uh, applied some, just submitted some more poems to some literary magazines and stuff, and I just haven't done that since, I don't know, like 2014, 2012. I used to submit a lot of things. And now I'm like, oh, I'm going to do that again. Because it's nice to feel um, a sense of accomplishment about something, especially during you're in social isolation and what are you doing and you're not at work. I've been writing poems. And then to be able to have them published and have other people read them, it's like mm, a little nugget in my soul. It just warms the cockles my heart. But yeah, I've been real inspired lately. <laughs> oh. So the Zoom room thing's going to start pretty soon. I'm woefully unprepared because I was just like, oh, we'll just do that the whole time today like we did for the past couple weeks. It's because I've been a little lazy is the wrong word. We've been doing a lot of podcasting here at Mutiny Radio. You could listen to so many different projects happening right now. And uh, new podcasts, the all free, always free, is now on Tuesdays 4 to 6 and Warhol Kaufman's been reading his mix series with big groups and actors and putting music behind it, and it's just a fun time. COVID's great. <laughs> it feels like summer camp. No, it doesn't. I mean, outside feels like summer camp, and I can still do cartwheels, so summer camp to me. All right, well, I'm going to wait for this Zoom room, and we'll find some music or something for you kind folks that are tuning in from wherever you're tuning in from. From far away lately, which is exciting because with all this new 
creative input from different people. <laughs> Other people are listening to the station. It's exactly what always was supposed to happen. It just took some crazy quarantine stuff for all of my dreams to come to fruition. Uh, it's been walking here every week is an adventure. And the San Francisco has made an enclosed campsite thing, like a burning man without the nature in the parking lot in between the Asian Art Museum and the library. And they have bathrooms and gates and it's like, you know, semi-policed or whatever. And that's exciting because I'm like, why haven't we been doing this for the past 20 years? Uh, people are still definitely living on every single one of the corners, though, which is, or all the streets going up and down. You can look at, like, Larkin Post, all of it. All right. Getting this Zoom room together. Here we go. Heck yeah. Clicking it on in to Glasgow, Scotland. COVID, bringing people together from all over the world. Bringing me back to the world of poetry. So exciting. All right. Host is preparing the meeting. It's all coming together. I knew it would. I always had faith. 100%. Uh, let's listen to some music that I like a lot. Um, this is a song from Westworld because how much do I love Westworld? I love it, love it, love it. I'm so, I was so happy the other night. I was um, not gathering with two other friends and they let me watch episode five, um, season three of Westworld, which is genre again. And neither of them watched the show, but they watched it with me. I was so happy. I was so happy. I was like, dude, don't you love it? Okay, so this is the part where, and then that's Dolores. And then the, the rat story is the best story. Just, I love that. I love everything about Westworld. Dolores. Okay, I love this song too. Hyper-mediocrity 
Fisher Spooner with uh, hyper mediocrity. Oh my goodness, we're not champ- we're not championing mediocrity today. No, sir, we've got poetry coming from all over the world. I'm super excited on Wednesdays now. It's like my life, my life has meaning again. It's so good. Uh, we're gonna be. I'll play one more song, and we'll be right back here on Mutiny Radio with the Zoom Room. Get ready for all the poetry.
is here but i'm emailing everybody right now so sorry everybody <sighs> the last i looked at the clock i was like i've got 10 minutes and then i have to send the link and then fell asleep i guess <laughs> yeah it was out like a fucking light man <laughs> <laughs> andy did not put me up first i'm still cocking mate <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry i was we start, we'll, uh, Shani's going to be up first, mm, and then we'll just go from there, so, ready when, whenever Pam is. Yeah, we're go, we're go, go, we're, yeah, hey. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> cool. Oh, God! Okay, sorry. <laughs> I'm going to put myself you... on. I'm going to get wine for you. Are you like really awake now, Erin? I've had like three hours sleep for the past three days. I've been up from like oh, all man. night till like o'clock in the morning. I sleep until one in the afternoon. And then, and like, yeah, so for three days in a row now. So yeah, I just put my head down for a second. But I'm got, like, I finished turning in my shit for the year at school. So that's why. Okay. That's good. Yay, brilliant. <laughs> Christ. Well done. Thank you. So I'm so sorry. I don't mean to be like a big drama queen or whatever. I just like, was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's like a of activity. Anyways, sorry. Okay. Cool. Okay, cool. Is Jane coming today? I was gonna read something. I wrote I wrote something and it has the name Jane in it. <laughs> oh, I don't think she is, um, because there's a there's another event in Scotland, that uh, monthly event. So cool. Clashed. Gotcha. Wednesday um, night is right? gig night, huh? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it seems to be quite a busy one. Yeah, lots of stuff happens on Wednesdays. Who knows why? Whereas I couldn't find anything to do last night. <laughs> <laughs> 
scrolling around on Snapchat. Kid, have this, has anyone done that? Like where you just go into someone else's Zoom room? Like where you just sort of like jump into something where you don't know anybody? Well, I guess this is an example of no. that. Like I didn't know anybody, but <laughs> I jumped into I a, was, Zoom, um... a Zoom room, a comedy Zoom room of people in New Jersey. And it was the weirdest, coolest. It was like, it was really fun. So I've, I've done some random <laughs> like meeting people on zoom i am um, i did a one last week where i was the last um i was the last person to perform and just before i went on um like a bunch of random people jumped in uh, who yeah, weren't part of the event and just started like cursing and like hurling abuse and stuff and like they weren't like super offensive like but it's the first time i've ever like been a part of that I was like, oh, this is what people yeah. are about when they say, like, Zoom bombing or whatever. Zoom bombing. Yeah. Oh. yeah. There, there was <laughs> one at the um, the online lit fest, and some guy just randomly came in and started on the screen. Oh, no. Oh, For the radio I'm audience, gosh. you know exactly what she did with her hand. <laughs> you could tell from the context. You know, yeah, you know what? To, I mean, you know what to do. These these are passworded. But um, Andy, if you scroll down poetry promoters, there's some stuff from Michael in Brighton. They were the first hammer and tongue event to have Zoom bombing, and they got bombed with really nasty porn. <laughs> so that was nice. Oh, yeah, and like right, people yeah. coming in and swearing and disrupting, and it. But they also put together like a how to avoid that mm, thing they, yeah. uh, they it was horrible but they were very generous about their experience of figuring out <laughs> what can be done to stop it so it's somewhere down the page somewhere wait shall we start yeah because yeah, we're going to get kicked off in 20 minutes yeah, <laughs> yeah. let's begin um so yeah um if anyone hasn't been here before this is choose poetry choose life it was born of the Stay at home fringe lit fest, which is a mouthful, and I always worry that I'm going to fuck it up, but I didn't. Um, yeah, so we started doing um, a, a weekly open mic there, and we just decided to keep going even after the um, after the festival ended. Um, and now we've got Pam on board as well, so it's Erin and I who've been doing this. Um, and Pam came on board uh, with Mutiny Radio, so we we uh, we go live every Wednesday in San Francisco, which is still Amazing. ridiculous like I, I, it's still crazy um so yeah so this is a safe space um please introduce yourself in terms of pronouns before you perform just so everyone's represented the way that they choose to be represented um i think that's only right um yeah so this is just a place where people can be safe and share share the stuff um so up first we have shani who's been with us a couple of times now. Thanks for having me back. Um, thrilled <laughs> to be at the first Choose Poetry, Choose Life as separate from the stay-at-home lit. I'm going to get that wrong. Yeah, uh, that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that one. Um, so I'm Shani and I'm going to read to you from my chapbook, A Crow's Diet, which is available for purchase, should you be tempted. Um, so the first poem I'm going to read is uh, Andy's self-professed favourite. Um, I was thinking about, particularly now, uh, thinking about the ways in which the things we 
leave behind us when we're gone are increasingly digital. Uh, so we don't kind of leave letters and manuscripts and things behind us that have traces of our physical bodies. Instead, we are just kind of like uh, leaving behind digital fingerprints. So this is called In Her Own Hand. I'll touch you if I can out of my hands as I am. The word is at my fingertips, a typeface mask that never slips, no earnest grasp of wet grip to quicken unsaid vow. Just me, empty-handed, and unsure of how to hold you to it now. Thank you. Okay, um, um, no, no, you keep how, going. How long do I have, Andy? Have I um, got time? Yeah, yeah, you've got plenty of time. Um, okay. So I think just to, just to quickly cut in, I think what we're going to do is Erin's um, going to send out the, the link link. Um, so like after, so if you go and then like after you've done, we'll leave and then reconvene on the the other okay, two. Well, I send it to everybody here via Just because we don't have to keep, yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. If we've got like 20 minutes. Work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so if everyone can copy that out of the chat, that would be good. But yes, well, please, please finish. Minutes, so I put it to start at 8.30. Sorry to interrupt right. your meeting. That's all right. Sorry, Shani. Right, so, <laughs> sorry. Okay. Uh, so... Poem number two is inspired by Christina Rossetti's Goblin Market, which if you don't know it, is a poem about two sisters who get tempted by some goblins with their fruit. The fruit is symbolic of something else, guess what? Um, <laughs> and this is a kind of feminist reimagining of Rossetti's Goblin Market. It's called Goblin. My sister said, there'd come no good of seeing or being seen. A goblin look, she told me, reddens, blackens, bruises green. A goblin voice is fire bright, it brands as soon as heard. Your sweet-tongued mouth looks quite unsound to fill with ripened words. Safer by far to fasten eyes with chaste clasps of gilt hair and whisper soft-lipped warnings that good girls stay unaware. Besides, fruit is forbidden us, its roots in thirst and fall. What knowledge could there be to gain by tasting it at all? But noon and night rough-pelted moved the threshing goblin mask, and noon and night shard-eyed his glances slicing as he passed. Not beautiful, those smooth and shattering eyes of a reptile. Not beautiful, the furrows of that sudden feline smile. Not beautiful, the grey-black hide, its greys like wire wool, that growl like paper-roughened hands. It was not beautiful. But noon and night I filled my eyes, and noon and night I fell. And like a slowly tightening vice, and like an intercostal knife, and like a subtle spell. Come by, he said, no need to call. Come by, he said, no need at all. Come by, he said, 
Not in his thrall I unveiled blushes crimson deep, revealed my bruises damson dark. I chose to feast on firebright words. I chose to hear him and be heard, no soft-lipped girl at all. My sister said there'd come no good. Good girls stay unaware, but never saw the goblin mark beneath my golden hair. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I've got one more if I've got time. Go for it. I've got time. Okay. Yeah, this one. Definitely. This one is for Alex, uh, who I think is here tonight, um, and it takes a tiny bit of explanation, which is that uh, this. Philosopher William Godwin wrote an essay in which he basically said that for the good of the world, if his mother were the chambermaid in the room of this famous playwright, Fenelon, he would save Fenelon and let his mother burn in a fire um, because that would be for the greater good. So this is called, and his argument was called the Great Fire Cause argument. So this is called Fire Cause for. Mrs. Godwin and Alex. What am I who made you? Your maid now? And you, tearing through from the beginning, Janus faced in doorways, never could see my appeal. And now, what with the flames licking, what with Fenelon shrieking, what with Telemach on nightstand, Look the other way, as my flesh blisters, and you, my great work, up in smoke. Thank you very much. Really good. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Oh, great. Thank you so much. All right, I'm going to go especially, um, in the Zoom link. So, see you guys. So, we jump to the next yeah, one, yeah? So yeah, so if everyone can copy the link um, and just and just join us on the other Zoom chat, that would be good. Is, is there thing. a password for that one, Andy? All right, we are going to the other Zoom room here, Mutiny Radio listeners. Thank you for joining us here during these amazing COVID times. Doing poetry. Exciting stuff. tuned in you're listening to the poetry reading from glasgow scotland we have all the poets in the zoom room we're on part two there we go calling in via audio device we're in
What's up? Hey. I made you a co-host. Cool. <laughs> um, can everybody I was like, I couldn't get the chat to go away. Uh, okay, so who's next? Um, two seconds. I need to grab the laptop. Um, I had issues with the printer, so I couldn't print that out. Um, no, oh, okay. that's no, all good. Um, like, Karen. Karen Middleton. Um, but I don't know if she's actually here. She's not here yet. Okay, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna go send this email out to everybody again, or this um, link, the new link. Two seconds. I'll see if I can. Poetry here at Mutiny Radio. Getting my stuff up. All right. I have. I think I have like seven Natalies waiting to join. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with Natalie. Um, <laughs> Natalie, I, are there seven of you? <laughs> I'm. Ju I'm just gonna message her and tell her it's her phone. Because like at first I thought I might have been the Zoom link, but no, I can. Yeah. Hi, Natalie. Hello. Yeah. And um, there so we it's go. Like maybe my phone. I don't know what it is, but it wouldn't work for ages. But anyway, thank you for letting me in. Oh no, we're oh, you're here. <laughs> there we go. Make sure that uh, we're not like uh, that. You're not. It would that would be weird? Although it'd be kind of cool if like you kept like arriving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I mean. Somehow, like, something ripped in the space-time continuum, and you had like, <laughs> like kept xeroxing <laughs> yeah. for your phone for you. That's kind of dystopian, isn't it? Okay, I'll stop. <laughs> All right. Where is? Okay. Carrying the link and she's seen it, so she joined in us soon. <laughs>
so like we bled still no current you want me to forget to Talk, Bart, so we can hear yeah, you. Yeah, hi. Hello. There we go. Okay, yeah. okay you ready? Right. Yeah, yeah, cool. Okay, cool. Um, I think I'm going to do the first poem, one of the first poems I wrote, which is about eight years ago now, and the first poem I ever performed, and I got heckled. Um, it, was in a, it, was a, it was in a warehouse in Falmouth, no, a music studio in a warehouse, and my friend wanted to go, and she wanted to read, but when I got there, the guy who ran it used to go up with my mom, like, 20 years ago, and um, he was like, oh yeah, I know Bart, he, reads po he writes poetry, um, <laughs> he'll go up, and I did it, and um, it was about getting stoned, and um, I kind of accidentally promoted it as like a pro-weed poem, which is not a good thing to do, and this is where I'm really drunk with an empty Lamborghini bottle, this is shouting, you're stoned, you're stoned at me, over and over again, but um, I like the poem, um, it's about a friend of mine, um, it's called The Moon is Stoned, it was a strange night, the sky was crystal clear, yet everything below lay hidden. The others huddled together inside the van, but Mark and I sat on top, rolling the joint. The van wasn't ours. It didn't run. We were too young to drive. I thought of the puddles, how they smashed like windows on the way down. Mark passed the joint over. I stared upwards. The moon has a proper face, I said. Oh yeah, it does. He leaned back, the influence of the joint seeping in. I've never noticed that before. Me, neither. He spoke slowly. Every word was ambiguous. It's so round. Its eyes are so dark. It looks like it's yawning. The moon is stoned. Mark was triumphant. The moon is stoned. I laughed. It's true, he said. The moon is stoned. Look at its eyes. Look at its mouth. It's so bright, it looks like it's taking a toke. It's so pale, it's pulling a whitey. Its eyes are lopsided, it's so stoned. It's not looking at us. That's because it's so stoned. The joint burned my fingertips. What if it actually is, I said. What if everything's stoned, he said. Mark was laughing so hard, the whole van was shaking. I almost slid off the roof. We slept in the van that night. Held together, coat zipped up, no blankets or duvets. When everyone was falling asleep, Mark looked out the window. I heard him whisper, but yeah, the moon is stoned. Yeah, I should probably say that, that poem was written maybe when I was about 18, but like the event took place when I was probably like 14. <laughs> so here's another poem. called, wait, sorry, Someone I Lived With Once. And it's about just some guy I lived with once. Um, Trust is immune to electric shocks. I can still picture those boring black socks and that awkward Marvel duvet cover. For Terry, change was waiting beneath the flower beds I watched him dig up the week before I fled. He spent winter passing me strange in the kitchen to sit aloof in our dark shed with Henry and a Californian orange. 
Let's say the citrus segment seeds awoke into a loneliness, calling out through the silent hours, rustling leaves for anyone. Anyone being anyone, whoever was on Call of Duty, the best friend she's left him for, a pain that tarnished his happiest memories. Anyone with Tesco's Emerald Pie. It was all the rain and shelter between Bristol and South Wales. It was what he wanted least to be. When the four of us first found the house, Terry and I both spent nights on Tom and Freya's bedroom floor, and Freya told me that Terry, her friend from home, who I just met, was once the most caring and loving person she knew, but now, Tom said that maybe Freya hadn't really wanted me and Terry to be friends, that she said it might not be as good for them. What had really changed since university, adapting to a new city, thinking and self-pity while seeing others as opposite, I was always calling out Tom and never having to wait to see how quickly it came back at me for Freya, always finding me outnumbered, leading to pointless arguments in the kitchen while a Jenga tower listened in the downstairs bedroom. I remember somebody at work threw a potlid at me the day things boiled over, how I lost myself in the white walls of our recently scrubbed bathroom, how I shouted for peace and left with a crack in the white of their bedroom door without, without ever properly talking to them again. All this before I knew what it was like to find love or to lose it. All this and Terry. Thank you. Um, do I have time for one more or is that it? Okay, this is one I wrote this week and it's a bit weird. Um, yeah, it's a bit weird. But <laughs> um, it's called Drink a Rum in the Afternoon During Quarantine with a <laughs> during quarantine with an imperfect brain. No help with learning difficulties. No stepping stones, no anger to know gently where you end, another begins, and how anger can scar everyone, and violence more so. To hate something enough, you can't live without it. My poetry is best when it's confessional about pain that I endured and not pain that I inflicted. When I woke in the morning and thought I would drive a nail right through the middle of my eye, so it became a two. In school, I was a bully who would beat up anyone who commented on my list in an organized and public fight. I was evil because I chose to hide my thoughts instead of sharing my struggle with the struggle of others. Some days I would cry instead because I became less known as a fighter and more known as a cryboy. That's better, my friend told me. You change nothing by beating up someone just because that's who they are when there are people who deserve it. While crying reminds us of, reminds us of the cities with gutters in our bones. I was kicked out of French to finish drawing this next door and found her in the corner, head pecking the desk. Cuckoo, cuckoo, I yelled, then stumbled out with her wild hair and came back a different person. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, thank you. Ah, thank you for that. That was, that was awesome. <laughs> It's such a crazy story about that, that first one, like in the warehouse. Like that's a crazy story. <laughs> yeah, tonight, yeah. Yeah. Like, um, that, maybe, crazy. Come, maybe come back stronger. Yeah. I, yeah, I also no. did my I also did my second read in there, and like my friends were putting on like a night, and they were like, "Let's book that place," and I was like, "No, no." <laughs> <laughs> but I, that's I came awesome. Ah, oh, that's awesome. Did your mom ever see the dude again? <laughs> I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure they still hang out and stuff. Yeah, sure. Oh, really? Oh, that's annoying. Yeah, like he's, he, he, he was someone I, I knew quite well. Yeah. Yeah. He's cool.
long as you're good. <laughs> yeah, he was somehow he somehow managed to be really drunk and also looked like he just got up. Like <laughs> 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 he was hosting there. That was like that's like an achievement. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's such a great description. I think uh, that's how I always look. <laughs> um, so we, oh god, okay, so I just looked age, man. Okay, so AJ McKenna, I know you're here. Are you ready? Yeah? Yes, I'm unmuted now. Okay, okay so... Uh, I'm going to do two poems. Uh, one of them is one I've done here before, but I'm doing it because um, I thought since we're going out um, on Pam's radio station in uh, in San Francisco, I should do some poems um, about kind of what it's like being in this country at the minute. Um, and this is one I was going to do on another open mic the other week, but I didn't get around to doing it. This is a poem called What Bootham Reads. Um, and it's based on something that was said by a guy called Ian Botham. Um, to explain to any Americans, Ian Botham is a former cricket player um, and enthusiast for a British breakfast cereal called Shredded Wheat, um, who before the 2016 Euro referendum um, gave an interview where he used the phrase, I believe that England is an island. So... This is, uh, this is what Botham believes. I believe that England is an island, that Europe is a planet, that space is a country, that black hole is something you can't say these days, that all holes matter, that Britain is a rocket ship disguised as a drooping balloon, that flags are magic, that sometimes you just don't see another white face, that my black friends don't secretly say I'm a racist, that women don't roll their eyes when I say no one loves them more than me, that there is no smoke without fire, but two sides to every tango, depending on how well I knew the accused, that we all know what flamboyant means, that they would say that, wouldn't they? I believe that England is an island. I don't believe that global warming means the seas will rise. Um, all beliefs in that poem are, are the beliefs of Ian Botham, former cricketer and serial obsessive. Um, they are not uh, my personal views. I should point out my pronouns are she, her, by the way. Um, just, I know Andy told us to do that at the start, and I, I forgot to do that at the start of this session. So this is another poem, uh, a more contemporary poem, but it starts with an event that took place about 10 years ago, um, which is quite important in the history of British politics and how the media um, tend to react these days. As, as I speak, um, the BBC have just fired uh, Emily Maitlis, one of their journalists from Newsnight, for criticizing uh, Boris Johnson's advisor, Dominic Cummings, for breaking lockdown rules. So uh, this, is, uh, this is where we are now. This is called Tinkerbell Britain. You can draw a line from a media clutching their pearls over a bigoted woman. You can draw a line from a media clutching their pearls over a woman with bigoted views, being called a bigoted woman, and are dead. 
But there began the lie they call legitimate concern, the fictional non-racist racist voter, the snowflakery that bigot is a slur. On that day, controls on immigration mugs became inevitable, and the mainstreaming of Lothrop's Stoddard fantasies, the lying about Turkey, the divorce of fact from emotion which shacked up with cowardice and started huffing fascist meth, but somehow still got custody of everything. Of course, they didn't have a problem. What did doctors know? We've had enough of experts who can prove anything with their facts. I claim my freeborn English right to have my pet bigotry coddled. It fed the always tempting lie that we were somehow special, that waving a flag is a vaccine, that bunting and cupcakes were hygiene, that keeping calm and carrying on and cleaning for the fucking queen and clapping for the nurses when they don't have PPE are meaningful activities and not the action of a cargo cult, the willing of Tinkerbell Britain to be great again, believe enough, and she will rule the waves anew, they promise, as more perish than died in the blitz. It's left us naked for the world to see. An ex-empire with dementia, whose former colonies know more than we have ever learned about how being free means acknowledging responsibility. She was a bigot. He was right to say it. She had neither reason nor right to expect an apology. And um, that's it for me. Um, thank you. Cheers. Bye. Thank you so much. Um, I said it before, I'm going to say it again, that the line X Empire with dementia is amazing. I love it. <laughs> um, oh no, I've lost my list. Here, I have it. Awesome. <laughs> Beth Hartley? Yes. Is Beth here? Yeah. Cool. Oh, hi, Beth. I'm unmuting you now. Hello. Hello. <laughs> hey, everybody. I've got two old ones, and then I've got something specially for this event. you tonight so I think I might be missing my job a little just just a tiddly bit uh, this is called cleaner I read your house I know its floors the hidden boxes locked up drawers I see the beds you slept where the telltale signs that linger there it tells me tales of who was ill the medicine bottle rolled away pill the contact lenses you discarded in a moment much less guarded, never thinking I would see, I carry all of this with me. I wipe a cloth where fingers marked the mirror or the picture frame. The coffee cups from late night talking, shopping lists or someone working, see the dashed out morning sign where trains await and children tussle. I mop the floor and change the bed so you return to peace instead. I would not say I hardly speak of what you do that makes me freak. When there's not enough of things I need, you forgot to pay. It feels like greed. When I stay later on to finish, know my own home will diminish. That extra shirt, those weeks of dirt, that what I leave will still be there. That's my job, 
it is my care. I smooth your sadness, dust your joy, the things you change, the bright new toy. I keep a list, things to remember, worried I will get it wrong. While I observe, I keep discreet, clean up my crumbs and wipe my feet. These are the things you do not see. I carry all of this with me. Um, I, if you like what I do, <laughs> I don't know, I'm the feature poet at Allographic on Sunday night at seven o'clock. If you follow at Allographica on Twitter and I think uh, there's, a, we, there's a Facebook group as well, then the details for that will be going up hopefully very soon. Um, I haven't actually read this one, next one. Uh, publicly very much and it's going to be in my set on Sunday night so it needs a bit of practice. Um, it's called Suggested Development and it's written about where I live. I live in the Fens in Cambridgeshire. Do not come at me and say barren featureless landscape, no merit in this earth. I urge you to look further for I have seen it roll in the dark and swallow people up whole, leaving only cellophane to mark places where you can slip over the edge so easily. Where even slow to a horse walk, it can claim you, wet fingers crawling, gasping. I urge you to look further for where the land meets the water, they have become one. Driving in the dark, you are surrounded by waves of earth, navigating the causeway, listening to the wash and drag of wind in wheat and potatoes, where the blaze of oilseed rape will blind you, a rough sewn patchwork laid rippling on the land. I urge you to look further than the flat that you suppose to see the gentle modulation, a tide not even Vermoiden could abate, the flow of village ridge and sleeping, sweeping fall away under this wide sky. You will see swan and diver where the rain gets in, winter wise and wonder from the border to the gate. More than a building plot, far better than bare. Why don't you watch what grows when you leave the land alone? We are your veg box and your farm assured. We feed a family, we feed a soul. I urge you to look further than convention would dictate. Um, somebody asked how you spell allographic, just one second, let me check that. Um, no, a, uh, I'll put it in in a minute. It, the, the Twitter handle is at allographica, I'll put it in. The, um, yeah, I'll put that in in a sec and my handles as well. Thank you. Um, I actually wrote that's dedicated to my client, Rachel, who's a planning a consultant and um I said why are people having a go at this and she explained to me what it was that what it was that they were doing and then told me that she didn't agree with them either um this is a premiere I uh, write a lot of <laughs> I can see Andy grinning he, uh, he's had the sneak preview um so I tend to write a lot of meta poetry it seems to be part of how I process what I'm doing <coughs> Um, I have written a, an event-specific poem for every event <laughs> I've been part of. And um, so this one is for Choose Poetry, Choose Life. 
She's poetry. She's life. She's Sunday lunchtime on a garrulous train just to walk down long roads filled with tourists so you can reach the place your dark dreams inhabit. Choose a room full, sweaty even in the February chill that you fought through just to stand in it, full of waiting eyes, faces that became family. Choose evenings in lockdown, washing up and waiting, skidding up the stairs, plugging in, anticipating the shiver of words from wherever you are. Choose poetry. Choose to have your mind blown while you worry about what to read. Choose poetry. Choose fidgeting at your world, making sense of everything in phrases sculpted all week long. Choose poetry. Choose voices so varied you will reel away drunk, your brain slipping on phrasing you wish you thought of yourself. The world in your ears and your ear to the world. Choose life. Choose word highs at midnight, driving home at 20 with your brain knocking at your skull. Choose life in lines that worm under your skin, aiming straight for the heart. Your bloodstream tingling, not resting till midweek. Choose life. Choose listening and being heard. Choose recognising and stretching your understanding. Choose receiving and cradling another's pain to share the weight. Choose laughing at the absurdity of now, of this, of everything shared and imagined. Choose a life that lives in moulded phrases and laid out lines or raging places and banging rhymes. Choose life that rocks you gently until the sucker punch has you hanging onto every syllable in its glove. Choose poetry. Choose words cut loose or decorated, flowing free or syncopated. Choose the muse that slips on past you when you thought the day was done. But choose it. Choose life. Choose poetry. <laughs> thank you that was amazing <laughs> i'm so happy you like it i love it <laughs> like, so like yeah I've, I've been a bit distracted this week um but i did i did listen to the original version and as soon as i heard it i was um <laughs> yeah i, I love i couldn't stop smiling um <laughs> That was incredible. When I'd go into Cambridge for, for allographic norm, under normal circumstances, I'd drive my car to the station and I'd park my car at the station um, because it's cheaper to park my car than to get a cab home. Right. Um, but I have to drive home at 20 because I'm so tired. <laughs> I'm like <laughs> tiny old lady driving up the road at like midnight or something. <laughs> I love that. I'm so glad. Um, okay, so the next person is Kaylee Rallin, but I don't think she's here yet. So the person after that is Christine. I know Christine is here. Hi! Hi. Hi. <laughs> uh, I've got a little selection here, if that's all right. Um, the first one is about, I was thinking about edges and about we have edges in relationships and edges in everything. And this one is about falling asleep, really. In this netherland of strange awakenings, as the voices in my head charge about whilst I lie in bed, shadows move twixt colour and light, as visions populate this border world 
where visit to meet the workings of my mind and catch the soul that lurks behind. Infiltrating dreams when I cross the border gate, twixt consciousness and sleep's domain, as edges blur and change their shape. I drift unknownly between the two, never sure of how I do. Just a very short one. <laughs> uh, the next one um, is about mental anguish, so it's a little bit of a trigger one here. So it's called torment, so it gives you an idea. Um, Driving north in my car with words that crash and bang, roaming about inside my head as traffic flowing around in streams which gush and eddy like my dreams, as countryside and urban streets pass on by without being seen. My journey's bounded by the words inside my head that shout but are left unsaid. They go on and on, accusing and denying in contradictory mode as my emotions choke and tears flow and the engine whines and hums and tears shush upon the road. The miles slide by as the hours pace the time away and the light of day does not prolong its strays instead into the dark of night arrives and with its evil accusing eyes and headlights luminous gaze pins me in their flashing sight and releases my demons of the night to howl at accusations loud as my own light fades with the day and self-loathing drowns me in vitriol acid and sharp eats the splinters of my heart as I press the accelerator down to deaden the pain inside and end that ceaseless eternal sound of screams that drive at my eyes and kill my soul deep inside. You can tell I used to work in a psychiatric hospital. <laughs> um, next one, she is it up a bit. Uh, it's called menopause for ladies of a certain age. <laughs> my undercarriage has slipped. My tits have taken a trip. My tail, except when I sweat and drip, each night in bed I'm forced to strip, not to chill but to cool. And I often feel a fool as I cry for no reason, whatever the season. But I'm a woman who can overcome biology. I refuse to hide or abide by my hormones or see life as a trauma. I stand tall and I stand proud, as free from control of periods and taxes on lady products and girly packaging, I proudly buy tweezers for my chin hair. I don't give a care as I go out and bout and look out world I shout I'm menopausal and proud to be out. <laughs> I quite like that one. <laughs> and the last, <laughs> the last one is more poignant really. It's called Country Boy. I did think this would make a good song actually with the first verse being a chorus but I haven't got the talent to put into music. Um, country boy living in the city, lost and unfound, with no one around. Country boy living in the city, feeling low with no place to go, had a hard time, no money, no hope, on the streets, in the dirt and the grime. Life's not pretty when you're down on your luck. No one gives a fuck or gives a second look as they walk on past. 
smells the fumes and feels despair. No way back off this futile beaten track as he pounds the street, lost alone, bereft. In a doorway, out of the rain, sleeping but sudden, a life of pain. Amidst the rats and garbage smells, he lives his life a living hell. He lays his head down, his heart gives out. His last breath clouds, as all around the traffic sounds, drowns his feeble words unheard. No way home. Only one more piece of garbage on the grey streets. He dies alone. Country boy, dead in the city, lost and unfound, with no one around. Country boy, dead in the city. Thank you. That's me. <laughs> Thank you. That last one was, uh, that was quite haunting at the end there. Um, I enjoyed that. Good. Um, so, up next we have Holly Jackson. Hi. Hi. I have um, a football to a three at depending on time. Um, I'm just looking at them, and they all the poems that I've chosen seem to be really, really depressing. Um, I must be feeling kind of introspective lately, so hopefully I won't bum anyone out too much. Um, okay, so the first one, I'll get the I'll get the worst one over with first in terms of emotion. Um, the first one is a poem I wrote. Um, just a couple of weeks ago um, my dad passed away in September of last year and it for some bizarre reason it took ages to get his ashes back and we just scattered his ashes a couple of weeks ago and I I wrote this on the day that we scattered his ashes it's called you are not gone that blue box bare and clinical only a white sticker on one side with your name and the date of your cremation how could that hold all of you inside you, who were so big and tall and strong. You, who held me in your arms in years not past ago so long. You, who were a bear whose giant hugs enveloped me. You, who on all fours were a noble steed who carried me. How could it be you inside that awful thing? How could it be you who I could pour into the wind? How could it be you who now rests below the rose? How could it be you? who now lies in silence, still repose. You who were so uninhibited and loud. You who stood so boldly from the crowd. You whose booming laugh could fill a room. You whose very presence lifted me from gloom. How could it be you, that dirt of gray and white, a man once, once so filled with kindly might? Those ashes can't be you. It can't be true. You are not gone. You're still here. Your blood flows in my veins and in your sons. Your eyes meet mine every time I see a mirror's gaze. Your grandchild hears your voice each time I find myself repeating your parently phrase. I carry you everywhere, perpetually brought forth within my memory. You're here, you're not gone. You exist inside of me. Um, 
links. Uh, sorry, I'm just bringing them up. Um, next one um, is called Hope and Duality, and I wrote it a little while ago for a, a poetry competition, which I haven't heard back of yet, so fingers crossed. Hope is a sapling and its potential tree, emerging from soft earth, small in frail fragility. With hidden strength, it weathers storms, reaching for the light, until tall and strong, its body filled with ageless light, might. Hope was my wedding dress, hung behind the door. Then the giddy promise of it crumpled on the floor. Misrepresented promises and one day filled with laughter. Disney never explained the intricacies of happy ever after. Hope is my child, her smile, her laugh, her eyes, her existence, her being, the love that she inspires. So bright, so kind, so beautiful, such potential for success. But truth be told, my fondest hope is for a wealth of happiness. Hope was my father's childlike faith, which never strayed. Through each harsh turn thrown by life, simply closed his eyes and prayed. A short life of abundant loss and a belief barely shaken. Years I watched in silent admiration, piteous, sword forsaken. Hope is you and me and all who search for change. Hope has wings, hope can move, hope is often strange. Hope is all these things and more, sometimes strengthens, sometimes saves. The sustaining force of life for many gone to graves. False hope, like sand, leaves an empty hourglass. Bereaves us, leaves us lost, but false hope, like grief, shall pass. True hope keeps, comforts, reassures. Moves us forward, motivates, and endures. Thanks. Do I have time for another one? Yeah? Okay. Uh, last one is called First Steps, and it's about my daughter and her first steps. And uh, she's adopted, so um, it's about that, really. Um, I could not be the one to carry you inside or give life to you. She could not be the one to carry you in her arms or guide you through. I wasn't able to nourish your body from my own, and she won't be able to nourish your body while you grow. I wasn't there to see your first breath, and she won't be there to see your first steps. You share her blood, you grew in her tummy, but I'll be the one who you'll know as mummy. Sometimes I worry I've missed such a lot, but it fails to compare to what she hasn't got. Through her DNA, you were given your eyes. But through our family, you'll be given your ties. She had your start, and I'll get your rest. And from all of that, you'll find that you're blessed. You have two mothers. Never forget, from each one of us, you've had our best. Thanks. Thank you so much. Thanks. Those were beautiful. Thank you. Uh, up I next thinking, we have. I'm next. Yes. But, uh, we should take a break because I have to like set. I'm gonna print the words out, and then there's a whole setup. So, can we do the break now? Is that okay with everybody? Let's go for it. <laughs> hey, you All right, cool. We're gonna have a little break time here. And here's More cool poetry here at Mutiny Radio.
back with the second half of the poetry reading from Scotland right after this song by the Smashing Pumpkins because I like I like them so much. (laughs) 
Okay. Um, <laughs> okay, so this is like gonna be a bit of an experiment. Um, I'm presenting tomorrow at like a conference, like a singing something conference. So I'll be doing, um, for those of you who were here a couple weeks ago, and I did that thing with the tambourine and the pretend microphone, hairbrush, um, I'm gonna be doing that. And then there's, and then I'm gonna be doing this and I'd like, I've been screwing around with the timing and stuff. So um, yeah, just like, let me know. This is for my um, dissertation. It's like, so yeah, anyways, it's the beginning piece of the entire thing. Um, and so it's a poem that goes with a song and there's a video to the song. Right. So I'm going to share my screen is the point of all that information. So can everybody see a dude walking past a bus or I mean in a parking lot? Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> It was the Deering 38 she rode, east from the ocean that day. The air full with a dull mist, the clouds slate blue and heavy. She was so sick, wistful, not ready. She shook her Walkman, ready for the load. Push the button, play. It's spun out an ode. was crazy. Crazy for her, for himself, but he sang with the drawl. fantasy, one crap boyfriend, no job, they were boozing up the wall. my man in this song she wondered at the sky why always so many things to fix so many reasons why always catching in these sticky webs she weaved them bored and waited 
but now it starts to spinning. Could she land right alone? The bus lurched forward and she baited. The silk with flies, the ties, they both hated. ended right on the corner where she made him take her hand. That was the way and that was the day they started the goddamn band. Okay, was that, could everybody hear? Okay, cool. <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, that's the only thing I was going to do tonight. Thank you for letting me sandbox in here for tomorrow. That class. was fun. <laughs> I enjoyed that. Oh, thanks. I'm like trying to get the words to the um, the song on the bottom, but apparently that's like some weird technical wizardry that takes a really long time to do, and my friend doesn't have time to do it right now. But I think I kind of feel like it needs it, but. There's nothing I can do about it before tomorrow. So anyways, but thank you guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. Mm -hmm. um. Oh, sorry. Any notes anybody has, please just let me know. If you guys have suggestions. Um, so like the first part that you did. Oh, yeah. I, I thought it might just be because of Zoom. I think it was just because of Zoom, like the, the volume. Pardon? Of the music sort. The volume of the um, the music sort of drowned your voice a little bit. Oh, did it? Okay. It got be it got better as it went on. Okay. All right. It's yeah, probably that's... just a Zoom thing. Well, I'm I'm so it doesn't ever really occur to me that something is louder than me, so. <laughs> 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 but it's something to be apparent. It's something to be aware of for sure. Um. Yeah. But anyways. Okay. So yeah, just let me know if anybody has any thoughts. But thank you. Carry on. Who's next? Well, I keep muting myself and then needing to talk. Whoa. Let's see. You are next. <laughs> oh. Right. Cool. Um. So, um, I have I have two things that I've written. Can everyone hear me? Okay. To to start with. Yeah. Cool. Um. So, um. This is the first time I've read any of them. Um, 
I've even practiced these. Um, they're both written today or yesterday, and they don't have titles. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna dive right in. Um, it's been a strange week, um, but at least I'm writing again, so I'll take it. You are Prosecco or gin or Jägermeister, but to sip, only to sip. Though you are not opposed to a pint, and I always like that about you. Cats too, all of the cats, the colour yellow, the number 44, counting, 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 ginger beards, dad bods, any beards, football. Driving late to pick my drunk ass up, reliable, constant, loving, but disappointed. Trips to York, drunken fights, back then we should have known. My absence in your company, I wish you'd spoke up, I wish I'd put down my phone. In summary, gigs, several. Weddings, two. Funerals, one. Festivals, a couple. Fights, too many. Sex, not enough. Good enough, but not enough. Communication, poor, not enough. I see all of this now. I know all of this now. Not enough. I'm sorry. Thanks. Um, this next one uh, I wrote last night. And again, it doesn't have a title. At the minute. I hear your footsteps shuffle slowly down the hall. You coming back from the kitchen. I upstairs alone. Bathwater now cold. Still, I sit and stare into space. The wires of my brain have been fried, and I can't quite put them back together, at least not the way they were. I hear your footsteps shuffle slowly down the hall. You disappear into the living room, the name deceiving. As though we spend our days in there, I never feel like we ever really live. I, upstairs, have moved from the water to the cold wooden floor. Still, I sit and stare into space alone. I hear you laugh in the living room at something on the television, and I upstairs sit alone and wish you'd find the stairs and find me sat alone on the wooden floor, cold, staring into space alone. Thank you. That's me, done. Um, I believe that our next reader is Bailey. Is her first time that she poetry to live, I think. Um, I'm meeting her now. <laughs> Bailey, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Sorry, my connection's quite oh, Um, okay, take it away. Yeah, thank you so much for this, by the way. This sounds fantastic. I'll just quickly get awesome. Okay, uh, this is called um, Cherry Delights. We all have a time to die in life. Wrinkles, delights. We reminisce on we, we reminisce on those that we've always thought. Counting up numbers and birthdays we ought to have celebrated, checked and gained. Saving moments, these moments, the moments are made. 
take yourself, take yourself, take yourself. Indeed, they say sickness and health this reality. You look like a cattle, the cattle we once knew. You look like the devil, the devil, the fool. Pause. In these moments, these moments we've bought, you keep yourself to yourself and then you were caught in this net, the net of the sea. You look to self, you're plastic to me. You try to keep swimming. That's all you do. You try to get up, you drown in this pool, the river, the bed, the lake. You tell these people you are this mistake. Stop to think, to think people last. People do get married and do get cast for the bones, the bones we have short. Open the gates because time is not about dwelling, dwelling on this past. It's about getting up, dusting down, moving so fast, forwarding the channel, the telly of the day. You want your own sequel? Start with May, June, July, birth, spring into summer, the why of church. Listen to bells, the bells of life. Live every moment like it would be night. Darkness, stars, dreams, project the thoughts you have always mean to open, unlock, and share. People will be dicks, so why even care of judgment, judgment of two, judgment of race, judgment of losing out with brothers and race. People will be people. Just show your face, your glory, your flame, your spark. Fire up a furnace ready to mark with colors and steam. Set ablaze this world with your words and means of purpose. That is what you have. You've been brought to thoughts, to live, to have. And that's the first one. Sorry if you can hear an echo in the background. I've got all my sisters running around the house. Um, and then, can I quickly read one more? Go ahead. Um, okay, sorry. This I, I wrote this one in response uh, to the previous thing that I just wrote. So, um, silence. That's all we know. A drop of freedom that rests upon a bow, an arrow, a scream, a cry. Hope is the way forward, but forward is denied by politicians, by differences in act. They make it look glamorous, but glamorous is attacked with vision, with eyes in scope. They say they want progression, but looks at the blokes who take charge of us all. Money, establishments, keeping us oh so warm with comfort, with nature, with man. The rich are getting richer and the poorer are to begin again, to rest, to rot. Those who are kept silent are meant to be forgotten. And no. This is not a wine. People do get beat just like Harvey Pickstein. You can look to the screens of, of these tellies of today. Artistry is one thing, and one thing is to play. We're pixels, a united front. We remake history as we confront demons, voices inside. Time is consummated in divinity is why we stop. To think, to place a heart's mind, spirit, end in barking, screaming from the crowds. Hold your belly and believe in yourself. Fish, people do not moan. They strike us down and make us foam bubbles in this simmering pot. Keep those marks and jump to the lot. You are the winnings of the placement that grow. Scars to indents are the maps we know. Stop and think. You are the reason why. We have the elements that keep us alive. I fear of the gun that's grown. Something is underneath and is not shown. Are we a subject? Are we a project? Are we? I fear for the life I want the most. It is my reward, but it's also my pain. And the jury is up and they have taken their gain, their pockets, their pouch, they're piling it up. And I can't check my amount because I'm embarrassed. Embarrassed of what I've become. Asking of favors and favors and favors and none. Help yourself in times like this. To have love inside is to give those a kiss. And that's it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, 
Iverson? Iverson? Oh, hey. Yeah, I, I can unmute Somebody myself. I thought said his name earlier, Alex Iverson, but he's not here. Who's up? Am I up? Pam? Me? Yep. Oh, oh, hi. Yes. You said someone else, and I was like, oh, this is me. Cool. Hi, everybody. Yay. Um, uh, this poem is called um, Zombies 2, and not like, like, not like the number two, like a movie, but like T-O-O. I walked across the brick courtyard as a homeless lady screamed, my daughter has been dead for 20 days. Her face is falling off. And I was thinking about zombies and how the undead walk the streets right now among us. We are them. And no one cares who is really alive and who are just zombies walking across bricks, ignoring pigeons, and the dead girl without a face, and her mother who sleeps on the streets eating her own hand for dinner. All right, that's the first one. Zombies are cool. Um, this is called Lot's Wife, and I, if you're not, I mean, you're all poets. You're familiar with the story of Lot's Wife. You know, she turned into a pillar of salt. All right. Uh, Lot's Wife came for tea. She sipped Earl Grey with delicate salt hands. Fingers trembled tiny crystals into my china cups. She reached for the sugar, melted two cubes on her white tongue as I asked, why turn back? You knew what would happen. Silly girl, she replied. I forgot my life. I lost myself in the city. We are the same, Lot's wife and me. I always turn back, looking for what I lost or never had our bitter salt staining tender throats with the half-life of a memory that never was. Okay. I used to have a thing for Jesus. I don't know if there are Jesus-y people out there. This is a poem called Stars. I did a whole series about Jesus being my boyfriend and like I had all this, I have a lot of poems about Jesus. It's weird. Uh, okay. Jesus and I started reading the tabloids, so we would have something to talk about. At least we can gossip about the stars, he says. Celebrities are the new gods, a pantheon of stars so we can connect. New constellations in the firmament to guide us. Jesus bought me a Louis Vuitton backpack, but I took it back for cash. Bought three cases of Clodeval and a pound of Godiva just to be decadent. But I could have made that for you, he grumbles. Not with the labels, I answer. And that's what we need, status symbols to say we are stars. We will live on in the sky, immortal as the pantheon, nestled among the clouds and blackness, farther still where there is no moon. Pillow talk about Matt Damon's new baby and Beyonce's, Beyonce's ugly dress at the Grammys. I, I try to sometimes I try to be funny. Okay, this is the last one. This is um I can't I can't get away I can't get out of here without doing a a, lo a love poem. I have a I have a paramour that I can't 
and I just write poem after poem. Ha <laughs> ha. Uh, it's called Please Lean Against Me. The length of your toes. I've memorized their movement in crumbles of sand, entropy in motion, and two flies fucking. The totem of youth leans against the sea. Breath caught like a fish, flapping more alive than ever before the end, and I am thrown to the vast, unknowable blue. If I could pull the undertow of closeness, your hand across boundaries in sand, squeeze every second, collect, collect the drips and drink from your elegant fingers. Thank you guys, yay! Thanks for listening to my poems, yay! Thanks, Pam. Um, all right, well, so I guess we open it up now, um, free for all. So anybody wants to go again, just type in chat me or hello or I don't know, whatever, the equivalent of a finger or the V sign. <laughs> and we'll just keep going. Um, I set it up until to go until midnight. I'm not sure if we'll do that, but we can if we want. Just saying. Also, I'd like to announce, I'm going to put the link in here. Pam was featured in the San Francisco newspaper. <laughs> Do it because she's doing stand-up comedy outside the radio station. So there's the link I'm if anybody so, wants. I'm so nervous about getting in trouble. Like, I was like, oh, no. Like, Press is great, when we are talking about it. Uh, yeah, well, because I'm like, I've just been doing it for the neighbors. But, and it's great. Right. I mean, and but so I'm not asking people to gather, but. I'm right. sort of asking people to gather, but I'm not, but I am, but I'm not. So it's like, <laughs> I mean, I don't know what's going to happen this Friday. I, I hope there's more people, but you know, I also, who even knows what's, I mean, I want people to stay safe and I don't want to draw people out of quarantine, but for the neighborhood, like people just hang out of windows and stuff and you can listen online and I don't know. Yeah, totally. But thanks for sharing the I article. Mean, I'm like, press, no, press. <laughs> That's the, that's the sort of San Francisco that I miss and I left San Francisco because not enough of it was there. So anyways, yeah, but it's great. It made me miss home. Um, but it didn't look like people were disobeying social distancing. Oh, no, like, no. In it. They were definitely six feet apart. And I make it like I constantly say it on the microphone. I'm like, hey, keep your distance, you know, like. Yeah, but, totally. But who knows what the what the police decide to do or whatever. I mean, they've been, they've been driving by and they don't seem to care. So I'm like, all right. Oh, you never know what the SFPD has time for or not yeah, on any given, exactly. like from minute to minute. Like anyways. Okay. So Anathema McKenna wants to do something. Um, I'm gonna. Okay. This this is something that I wrote fairly recently. Um, I think it's the start of a sequence because there's there's a second poem I wrote, but the second one's kind of short, and I don't know if it necessarily is going to come straight after this first one in the sequence. But this is um this is a poem about um my family, really. Um, I dream about my grandma's house a lot these lockdown nights. We'd visit every Saturday when she was still alive. She'd cook dinner for my parents and make me a plate of chips. I was a fussy eater as a child. And then my aunt, my grandma's daughter, caught the cancer that would see her into hospice care and slowly out of life. 
then my gran would come to ours and mum would make her dinner on a Sunday and my mum would drive her home and I would ride with them and then with mum alone and she would rarely take the most direct route back toward our home we would take detours not very far Chesterley Street fence houses past the castle or the entrance to the old safari park these were the borders of my world such as it was back then I do not think we talked a lot. She drove. I may have hummed tunes to myself. A lot of the worst things hadn't happened yet, though some already had. I was starving myself. I was weighing myself a dozen times a day and shivering through long nights in the bathroom when the chemicals I took to purge what little I did eat would do their work. We didn't talk about this on our drives. We shared them silently. Eventually, my aunt would die. My grandmother would take that hard, but patterns reassert themselves and care can channel grief. She would have us back to hers again and dad would drive us home, almost always by the shortest route. The old man liked routine. That's, um, that's it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, Christine has said she has more for us to share, to, to share. So thank you, Christine. And thank you. Uh, this, this poem um, I wrote a while ago and it was prompted by reading an article about dictionaries, um, the, the many words that describe women in derogatory terms uh, with no match in sort of male counterparts. And it's called, I'm not. I'm not a bitch, a bag, a nag or a hag, not a whore, a crone or a witch. I'm not a servant, a piece or a little woman, or filly to be ridden, or even a frilly girly. Not a mistress, a madam, or even a dominatrix. Not a bint or a cat, a harrogan, a baggage or a cow, a lady, a babe or a baby, a pet, a duck or a piece of fluff. I'm none of these things, so yet. Why I'm demeaned? undervalued, often not seen, sometimes handled, petted and touched. I'm not an object, a slave or a slag, a slatten, a doll or a trollop, neither a bit of stuff, a trout or a tart, a jade, a shrew or a harpy. I'm not a silly goose or a chit, a bimbo or a bird or a honey, neither a skunk, a twat or a cunt, although I do possess one of those, it's fair to say. But I'm more than that, not a piece of ass, a scrub or a frumper or a fox. I'll shout it loud and clear to ensure you're here. I'm none of the above. I choose not to be dependent or beholden on appendage as a woman, a female, a person. I have a name which I own and accept. So use some respect. No pet names, diminutives or otherwise reducing, minimize nor denying my right to be who I am. Thank you. Yay! Sorry. <laughs> um, so Holly is next. Hi, Holly. There you go. Are you? No? Yes. Okay. I'm here. Hello. Uh, let yeah. me just turn the light on. Hang on, because it's getting a bit dark in here.
Hi, sorry. Oh, yeah. Hi, sorry about that. Um, I just want to share um, a piece that I wrote literally last night, and I haven't typed it up yet, so forgive me if it starts and stops because it's scrawled in a notebook. Um, I, as I mentioned earlier, my, my dad passed away a few months ago, and it's made me fairly introspective. And I've started writing um, sort of more poems around people that I've lost. Um, and um, I've had the idea to sort of write a series of poems about, or well, rather two um, people that I've lost. Um, so they're all in the first person and they're all in the form of a letter. Uh, first person is something I struggle to write in. I very rarely write in the first person because I find it really difficult to write in first person. So. This is sort of an experiment. So I want really honest feedback. And if anything's crap, please tell me because that helps. Okay. Dear mum, my earliest memory is hobbling pajama down the stairs to you. How calm and motherly you were as you cut, as you dug cold metal into my foot, into my four-year-old foot and distracted me by telling me how much worse it was for the bee. I remember your blue and gold pattern jumper very 80s, that I insisted on wearing one Halloween. I don't know why. It reminded me of Spider-Man. I remember sink baths sat on the, on the cold draining board in Dana's kitchen, my feet in the sink. I was far too old for sink baths. I remember real baths, the way your thin hands moved vigorously to bubble the water just the way I liked it. It was the only time you ever seemed strong to me. I remember you crying. I remember you telling me that you love me so much that it became lost, empty words. I remember that holiday to Blackpool. You insisted that I wear the dress you'd bought me for Michelle and Darren's wedding because you'd bothered to pay for it and how disappointed you were when the log flume drenched me. I remember your strong bow, three litre bottles, always by the bed. I remember you eating toast. I remember you brushing my hair. I remember seeing you pass out drunk on the living room floor. I remember your wedding ring, yellow gold flecked, wrapped with tape so it wouldn't fall off your malnourished finger. It's mine now. It was my something old. Sorry. I had it enlarged. I remember your fear of snakes and insects. And how Dad and I cons uh, consorted to hide my stick insects under the bed. I remember how you smiled at me, full of motherly guilt, as you drank the tea I made you with tap water and milk. I remember your deep brown eyes and how much they looked like mine. I remember the long red scar smiling across the wobbly skin of your tiny waist and how you smiled with pride every time you showed it to me, like a certificate of achievement. I was a child and I couldn't see past my own needs. I'm sorry you were only ever one thing to me. I know you were so much more, beautifully flawed and human. I just wish I could remember. Thank you, Polly. Thank you. I'm trying to look and see what order. Anathema. Uh, 
is it Beth next? Yeah, Beth first, and then okay. Adrian. Okay. I like saying anathema. Just saying. <laughs> Okay, sorry. I'm going to stop. <laughs> sorry, for some reason it took me three tries to unmute myself. Um, so the, so the, the request has been for a love poem. I have to say that I don't write very many of those. Um, but I did write one in NapoRimo. If you want to go to NapoRimo.net, and I think it's the 11th of February, you'll see that there was a, a Kate Greenway book about the language of flowers. And it asked you to work with that as your prompt. Your word is called posy. Your words come to me hand-tied. I am garlanded. Milk vetch woven among pear blossom, mistletoe between the honeysuckle. Oak leaf geranium forms a crown and myrtle. Myrtle makes it whole. I am overcome by this shower of flowers, intoxicated by the scent of sage. My garden grows empty in these strange days. When all I can plant takes time to bear fruit, my language feels stilted, my mind overwhelmed. My only reply, to wreathe you in daisies. Sun yellow eyes in bright white, overlooked and trodden over in lawns and verges, I will claim every last one to cover you in petal kisses. Thank you. <laughs> I really enjoyed that. Um, so yeah, we'll jump up to Adrian you now. Okay. Um, so this is um, I haven't done this one in a while. This is um, I was think I was reminded of this by Christine's poem. This is a poem I wrote um, a few years ago now called "My Revelation Will Not Be Trivialized," um, and which is obviously a re reference to Gil Scott Heron. Um, and it was basically written in response to a um, coming across someone's uh, profile on OKCupid where they um, they had a, a list of all the types of women they wouldn't consider, or all the types of people they wouldn't consider dating. And all the things they mentioned were, um, all the things they mentioned were, were sort of two word codes and, some of them were codes that people used to describe people like me, and I kind of objected to them, so I, I wrote this about them. Um, I am not a TV. I am not available in flat screen, Sony widescreen, high definition 3D. I am not something for you to gawp at from the comfort of your cis-normative settee starring Jeffrey Tambor or Chloe Sevigny. I do not pour forth bile at people like me nightly. I am not a TV. I was getting ready for a big switchover, but it 
wasn't in 2012, thanks to my PCT, which is now a CCG, and only fairly recently started seeing eye to eye with my GIC, and it will not be digital, at least not initially. I am not a TV. I am not a CD. I am not exactly long enough to hold Beethoven's Ninth Symphony. I contain so much more. I am not a CD, though I am allowing a lady with a laser to unlock me, firing her beams into my pits and grooves, re-editing my data, remixing me into what I want to be, but I am not a DAT, a mini-disc, an MP3, a DVD, a PS3, or Nintendo Wii, and I am not a CD. I am not a TS. My life is not a wasteland waiting for the touch of Fisher Kings, though I have seen death undo so many. Andrea, Brenda, Mariah, Estrella, Myra, Faith, Amanda, and all those with no ID. Sweet ladies who were never bad good night, and had time called in spite of how they hurried, but who were more in their time than Elliot's tired seer, more than his Rheingold borrowings and sophistries alive undoing every step across the bridge from one state to another. I may wind up measuring my life in every dose of HRT, but TS is not a label that you're going to pin on me. And I am not ATG. I am not a droid, a replicant, a Nexus 3. I am not a minor character from STTNG. I am not a space oddity. There is nothing futuristic about me. Those who live like me are found throughout your history. Hercule Baba, the Chevalier Deon, the Priest of Attis, Elo Gabalus, the Amazons, Maul Cutpurse, Jan Morris, Lily Alba, Christine Jay, Nong Tum, Wendy Carlos, Leah T, Lynn Conway, with whom I couldn't type on this PC. But there's nothing futuristic about me. I am not a label. I am not a category. My only initials are AJ, and you will respect that about me. But if you come for me with labels intended to dehumanize, to delegitimize my trajectory, project your own lack of humanity on me, I will change your channel. Make your tracks skip. Rewrite your past and your future the way you want to edit me. So if you please, respectfully, Hear and acknowledge me. I am not a TV, a CD, a TS, a scam, a trap, a he, she, a she male, a pretend being, or even a TG. I am AJ. I am me. Um, yes. Thank you. Thanks. I like that one. Yeah. So it's one minute to 10, which is our supposed end time or theoretical.